Church, good morning. Just a brief background to that uh, scripture reading video that you have seen. Uh, the Elliot family uh, is in Amari, Japan, and that place where they were reading that scripture is the site where they would be building the multi-purpose refectory. And that is where Knox had given a, a certain amount uh, for the purpose of building that refectory. So it's in a way affirming our support to that mission in Amori, Japan. Today is the celebration of the Pentecost. In the Jewish festival, originally it's the celebration of Savuth, which is actually the celebration of the first fruits of the wheat harvest. In the Jewish calendar and the Jewish celebration and in the Christian celebration, we are celebrating the, the descending of the Holy Spirit on the disciples just after Jesus ascended into heaven. And so as we celebrate Pentecost, it's an amazing thing as well because we are also celebrating our Mission Sunday. And with these two things coming together, we would be focusing today as our theme on missions to the diaspora communities where languages and nations are being celebrated. And for this purpose, we have invited our speaker, Dr. Sheila Duraisami. And Dr. Sheila is, and, uh, was born in, and raised in India. And it was when she was at the age of 17 that the gospel really impacted her life. She finished her um, master's in English literature from the University of Chennai, and later on she took uh, further studies here in Canada. Dr. Sheila is also the co-founder and the senior pastor of the Church on the Rock International's ministry here in Toronto. And she is also serving as one of the professors at the Canada Christian College. Dr. Sheila hosts a weekly television program called Eagle's Voice, which is actually being broadcasted here in Canada uh, under Yes TV. Sheila lives in Scarborough together with her husband, Peter, who is currently the director or the CEO of Scott Missions just around the corner, uh, together with his sons, Johan and Joshua. Friends, let us welcome Dr. Sheila Duraisami. Well, good morning, Knox. I am so delighted to be here with you this morning. Um, I just want to commend you, first of all, for who you are and what you mean to this community and this city. I am well aware of it. And so I want to thank you also, like Pastor Nestor said, um, I know your partnership and your involvement with the Scott Mission, where my husband uh, has the privilege to serve. So thank you for all of your work and partnership and being a light in this community and in this city. I am aware that you are in the midst of a sermon series called Good News for the Whole World. And that is a truth bomb right there because it's good news and that's full of hope. And it's about including the whole world that is so inclusive. So that is just full of hope, truth, and inclusiveness, which um, is amazing. Today, as uh, we know, it is your Mission Sunday. It is also historically what we call uh, Pentecost Sunday, right? We know uh, the Bible passage that was read today so beautifully. That was just amazing. So congratulations to the readers. Um, we know that the church was birthed on that day when the Holy Spirit fell upon the 120 disciples that were waiting in prayer. Right? Uh, so my um, title for today 
is mission possible, right? Now, we are aware, church, that, uh, you know, Jesus, before he was taken up, gave his disciples a mission. And traditionally, uh, we know it as the Great Commission, and we find that in Matthew chapter 28, um, verse 19, specifically, which says, uh, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? And um, the word there for nations is from the Greek ethne, or where we get the word, the root word, where we get the word ethnos, or ethnicity. I'm sure you made the connection, uh, meaning people groups, you know, people of all cultures and, and you know, geographical areas and regions, um, and places. So when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, something happened right after that. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, that Jesus says, I want you to wait right here in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but the scripture says that don't leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift that my father promised you. And we know that in, in John chapter 16, I believe it is verse 7, where he had actually said that, you know, I will, I will be going, but I'm going to send you a paraclete, a, a helper that is good for you. He'll lead you and guide you and all of that. But he was saying, it is good for you that I go because I'm going to send you a helper, right? And so here Jesus, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus says, I want you to wait because I'm going to send you the promised Holy Spirit. Then if you go down a few verses later, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is the famous scripture where he says, when you receive the Holy Spirit or after you receive the Holy Spirit, you will have power. And he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So it's interesting that as Jesus gave the disciples a commission. He also gave them the promise of an enablement. Because in that scripture, Acts chapter chapter 1 verse 8, when he says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, he's actually saying that by virtue of receiving the Holy Spirit, we become witnesses by default. Right? We receive the enablement to become witnesses of Jesus. So it's interesting that when the Holy Spirit, uh, when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, or the purpose that God had for giving the Holy Spirit, primarily was that we may become witnesses. Historically, you know, the church uh, has made it about so many different things because the Holy Spirit is a dynamic personality. He comes with gifts and charisma and all of that is good and great and, and to be celebrated, to be used. But primarily the Holy Spirit came so that we can become witnesses of who Jesus is, of his resurrection, of his goodness and of his message to the world. So what happened in Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit, was actually a fulfillment of what Jesus had told the disciples. Go and take my message to the nations. But before you go, receive the Holy Spirit, because that would be the enabling power. In, in short, that was what he meant, and that's, that's what he intended for us. Interestingly, in that scripture, he says, after you receive power, you will become witnesses. One of the things he says is, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it, it had the connotation of starting where you are, right in your 
place where you are currently. Start from there, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. And so wherever our Jerusalem is, wherever we are, that's where is the expectation to start and to be witnesses. And so I want us to quickly look at, uh, you know, take a closer look maybe at this aspect or the mandate for the nations, all right? So if we look at the passage that we just read from Acts chapter 2, that entire passage from 1 to 20, verses 21. In verse 5 especially, you, see, you start seeing God's mandate for the nations because verse 5, let me read that verse 5 to you again. It says, Now there, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And we know that they had come there to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, so the gathering was there. But the Bible makes it a point to mention that they were from every people group or language on the earth, right? He says, under heaven, every, from every nation under heaven. And then verses 9 to 11 of Acts chapter 2 goes on to mention all of these languages that people heard as they were speaking in tongues. The rest of the people heard them in their own language, and the languages are mentioned. It was interesting. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did to hear the different languages, uh, you know, the worship being done in different languages, and especially the Korean song was amazing, so thank you to the team. But uh, something like that, all nations under heaven, they heard the language in, they heard them in their own language. Isn't that fascinating? And, and I believe it was a perfect setup by God. Only God could do a setup like that where everyone were gathered there and then they hear it in their own language. God was trying to impart by the coming of the Holy Spirit right from the beginning that his mandate for the church included missions to the entire world, all the people. And then in Acts chapter 2, we know that Peter stands up because they were accused of being drunk. So Peter stands up and he starts his amazing sermon, the first one for the church, and he, he quotes from Joel chapter 2. So I want to read what Peter is reading in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, which is a direct quote what prophet Joel mentions in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 onwards. So he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So you see that Peter is giving this as an explanation. He says, see, this was what God had intended always, right from the Old Testament days. God was waiting and had appointed a time and a season when the Holy Spirit would come and every barrier that ever existed, especially in that culture starting from there, all of those barriers would be taken off because he says, your sons and your daughters. He says, you know, young and old. And he talks about the pulpit and the, the pews. So he, there was a breaking of barrier between every age group, every gender, every, you know, work that was considered holy and considered secular, whatever it was, every barrier was being broken. God was saying, there will come a day when the Holy Spirit falls. This is what will happen. So the, we get a picture of what God wanted. But here's the thing. In the midst of all that excitement, I don't want us to miss out the end goal. So if you go right down to verse 21 of Acts chapter 2, and we ended with that scripture, it says, 
Verse 21 says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How glorious is that? I know that last Sunday, Dr. Kerr spoke about whosoever, whoever. And today, here it is, the whole purpose was for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved, to be reconciled to God, to come into the hope, a living hope with with Jesus Christ. That was the whole purpose of the the whole phenomena of tongues and fire and, 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 you know, people wondering what's happening and, and, and that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church. The whole purpose was that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I want to take you quickly to um, another scripture, kind of almost to show you a parallel and, and show you God's heart over this, you know, the whole aspect of taking our mission to the nations. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 to 27. Um, here Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul is um, talking to, he's in Athens and talking to uh, the Stoic and Epicurean philosophers, and he's just letting them know that there is a God, they were serving a God that they didn't know, but he was clarifying who this God is. And in Acts 17, 24 to 27, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. I want to read verse 26 to you again, Acts 17, 26. He says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. Another version says it this way. He has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. This just means that God, in his sovereignty, in his will and plan, had predetermined where each of us would be living at exactly what time. Which, friends, it means that wherever you are, me right here with your team right here, we were all pre-appointed by God. Regardless of where we were born, what language we may be speaking, or where, what our plans or ideas were, if wherever we find ourselves, that is exactly where God had already intended for us to be. You know, biblically speaking, um, I like to call it the theology of migration. There's people that move all the time, right? Uh, Starting from our father Abraham, uh, uh, the father of faith. He was called from Ur of the Chaldeans, from, from Mesopotamia all the way to Canaan, right? And then you think of Joseph, you know, uh, Joseph, for first 17 years of his life, lived in Canaan, and then God took him. We know it looked like it wasn't God, but it was God taking him to Egypt, and he even died there in Egypt. We know about Ruth. 
She was a Gentile, a Moab, a lady from Moab, where she lived in Moab and got married there. But after she, she was widowed, she goes to Bethlehem and she lives there. And then we know Jesus himself, you know, to, to, by being led by the dream that his father Joseph had, was taken to Egypt for a season of his life and then brought back. So right through scriptures, you can see that migration was already in God's mind and in his heart. That's just how it happens. So you'll notice that all these people were key players in God's storyline. Whether it was Abraham, whether it was Ruth, who ended up being the great-great-grandmother of our Savior Jesus, you know, Joseph, you know, how he ended up saving so many lives because he was in Egypt. And all of these, they were key players in God's storyline. And so I want to say to you that whether you were born here, whether you are, you know, you were brought here, whether you had to leave and came here not by your own will, you know, whether you had to come and find refuge right here in this place or by your own free will, whether you were chasing, you know, a a dream that you had or whether you came here for a better life to find freedom. However, I just want to encourage you, church, to know that each of us are here at this moment because God had appointed this for us with a purpose. So the same end goal that was there we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 21 is the same here because we see that verse 27 of Acts chapter 17, after saying that he pre-appointed us our places, then he says, verse 27, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out and find him, though he's not far from any of us. So the whole purpose that God did this was so that people through that movement, through where God placed us, may somehow reach out and find him, find his love. Or if you have already found his love, if, we, if, if you are among those that have already come in, in a relationship with Jesus and you have found the hope that he has for us, then trust me, God has placed us here with a purpose so that we can reach out and help others find him. Because we know we are here with that purpose, with God's mandate. Someone said, go into all the world right now for us in Toronto has become as easy as taking the TTC or taking the train because we don't have to go physically because the world has come to Toronto. And so how does that even affect us? What does that matter? Is that when we know and we are aware that there is a purpose that God has for us and the purpose is that people may find him, people may find the hope that we we have found, the point is that we become intentional about sharing the gospel. We become intentional about showing God's love. And, you know, I don't want you to become nervous about this because it is really not about just preaching or, or you know, being the best um, message that we can give to people. It is about being who we are, all the gifts, the multifaceted gifts of God that God has given within each one of us. We are different like snowflakes. We are all different. We have different gifts, but we... We do whatever it is that we know to do. It may be a smile. It may be a little helping hand. It may be, you know, uh, helping someone, you know, do groceries. It may be financial contribution. It may be an encouragement. Whatever it is that we can, being intentional about knowing that we are here for a purpose. And that will help us to make the mission of Jesus possible daily in our lives, 
every day, right where we are, it is a mission possible because God has already equipped us with his Holy Spirit to do this great mission, the commission that God gave us, the co-mission, laboring with him to reconcile the world to himself. It is possible, church, and I want to encourage you. Can you recognize yourself in the God story? Can you realize that Yes, I am here with a purpose, no matter what the circumstances may be. Right where I'm working, right where I'm at school, right where I live, in my surrounding, in the sphere that God has placed me, in my business, at my career, wherever it is God has placed us with a purpose. And if we can just be aware of that, we can be participating in the mission possible and bring God glory through showing that love to others. So, in summary, I just want to read to you the two reflection questions that we have today. To think about this, that we can participate in God's storyline, being aware that this is where God has placed us, and then yielding ourselves to that and saying, yes, Lord, I am willing, and I say yes to your mission. Let me read to you the reflection question it says. Have you ever considered the fact that you were strategically placed by God to be right where you are, right now, among the people that are around you with a specific plan and purpose? What are some steps you can take to intentionally reach out to those that are around you to share the message of hope that is found in the gospel.
Thank you so 